Oh, very good morning to you. The comment lines are quite busy, I have to say, today. Uh, but keep them coming in to us, please. And again, you can do so to 086 Or you can call us on 091-77077 as well on uh, today's programme. Get us on all of those numbers uh, today, 091-77077. Or quite simply, that number again, 86 and do so straight away. I want to go to MEP Maria Walsh because um, we've spoken good few times before and she's very strong on this I have to say about the uh, new EU rules will help to uncover the true extent of human trafficking in Ireland and uh, the MEP joins you on the line and today MEP Walsh good morning to you good morning Keith can I just say before we get into uh, what's ahead of us uh your news yesterday left many of us, myself included, heartbroken, but very, very big congratulations for, for the next chapter ahead. And no doubt we'll be talking uh, many times before you hang up the headphones in April, but I just wanted to uh, say it won't be the same without you. Well, listen, we, we were here on the 12th and we will see then what one does then moving <laughs> forward for life. There's a, there's, a lot of, there's a lot of oil in the tank yet here. Just of looking, course, at, looking at this uh, MEP Maria Walsh, so I mean, I was reading again in the Irish Times on Saturday where uh, truck drivers were being offered between 5,000 and 25,000 people to bring people in, in their trucks into Ireland. I mean, this has just gone too far. Yeah, and it's and it's uh, it's a serious problem, um, and it has been for many years. Now we worked on uh, the revision of uh, the trafficking of human beings. Um, the original directive was set about twelve years ago, um, and you can tell even within those few years. Um, that des- desperately needed to be uh, updated and upgraded for many, many reasons. One being the fact that the movement of people, um, the online dimension, which I think often gets forgotten about, why we use technology all day, every day, uh, the fact that traffickers uh, are finding uh unfortunately disproportionately more women and young girls uh, than men even though men are being also trafficked um, through coercive control through promising them romantic relationships um, a a better life setup various things so um, this revision was uh, about tackling a number of different things one being the fact that uh, if you have been trafficked and you were uh, uh, perhaps arrested or or came in contact with police right across the EU, um, that you would be treated as you should be um, a victim and survivor with the supports around you. So in other words, if you were being trafficked and it was proved that you were being trafficked, that you wouldn't be immediately out of the asylum or the international protection process because we heard firsthand from victims and survivors who were immediately deported back and then caught back in a race within uh, uh, and horrendous yeah. conditions within their own country. Can I also stress, because people listening here might think trafficking only happens outside of the EU and outside of Ireland. It sadly does not. We are seeing high levels, about a fourth of registered people being trafficked in the EU right now. A fourth of them are coming from EU countries. And a lot of people assume that maybe it's labour, but there's sexual exploitation. There's also the grooming and trafficking of young children for drug cartels. So it's a very complex 
uh, very secretive, but very, very rich business, estimated worldwide about $150 billion um, that traffickers make off trafficking of human beings. Uh, so within this revision, we also call for better training processes uh, for our judicial system for people who are on the front lines. I, I got to give a shout out to an agency called MetPATS who very much focus on child yeah. trafficking here in this country as an NGO and have been starting to work with TUSLA uh, and host, uh, hospitality industry to make sure because as people are being trafficked, they're often the spaces and places people are being trafficked through. So training there uh, and then the fact that uh, the online dimension, as I mentioned before, that that gets cracked down. Ultimately, we need to be remain vigilant. We need these revisions in these powers to be put in place so that member states are adhering to action plans, are reporting annually so that we can see the data and understand the data and that we have uh, an anti-trafficking coordinator in any, every member state. So we're really, really getting to the end of this. Can I ask you two questions in relation to this, Sammy P. Marie Walsh? In, um, the people that are being trafficked, are, are they being put into the sex trade? Is, is, is this where they're ending <laughs> yeah, up? So yeah, so trafficking is, is, is the trade of humans for uh, sexual exploitation, sexual slavery. So as you mentioned, prostitution. Uh, also forced labor. Um, you see them uh, perhaps in, in various parts of the world in terms of uh, a lot have come out of news around um, the, 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 one, yeah. the, the, in Qatar and, and other Middle East when they're building large stadiums. You see, you see the narrative there and the lived experience there. And also, as I mentioned, children uh, in terms of grooming and then drug cartels trafficking children within the EU and outside the EU uh, for predominantly drug trade. But th then should we not be looking internally within the country of Ireland then as well and try and start cl clamping down on this prostitution? I, again, I'm talking about those that have been trafficked that are getting into, I know the likes of Ruhama do huge work on it, mm -hmm. but I mean, if somebody's coming here on the auspices that they're going to have a better life and yet they're thrown into the sex trade and and made to perform sexual acts indeed, with normally with men, try and clamp down on that and, and hold those people accountable as well. Yes, we, we were we were really pushing as a parliament uh, and as a small group of a group of writers for this revision um, that there would be a, a reform too for the the person purchasing and partaking in uh, in this case sexual exploitation. So um, you know having uh, having contact with uh, those being trafficked. Unfortunately, the council and the commission couldn't come and meet us halfway there. Um, and what we have then is uh, more protections obviously in place for those being trafficked uh, and then uh, guidelines and further restrictions on those purchasing of sex. But unfortunately, it comes down to member state competency, um, which is very, very disappointing and frustrating because if you are part participating and there is um, provisions in this revision that if you n know to be uh, uh, dealing with and working with and sexually exploiting someone who has been trafficked. Yes, you do face the crime uh, and, and I would hope the time, but it's not as strict as what we would have wished to be. Mm. I mean, it takes a, to a new level then as well, because um, again, from speaking to some people in the, in the industry that I'll be talking to during the week again, um, you've got people coming into this country with no passports, but quite simply, whatever country they've left, they needed a passport to get on the plane. Uh, but that passport was false, and they've been told indeed by the traffickers, you mm. destroy that passport uh, before you get into the country. End of story, because otherwise we will kill you. Yeah, I mean, there's a narrative here that, you know, uh, particularly within this 
context of trafficking that people arrive and they kind of know. I mean, you've got to understand that within the EU and outside the EU, people are wanting better lives. They're um, being promised a, a, a marriage or a romantic relationship in many cases. Um, they're promising safety. So they might have left a home or community where there was domestic violence uh, or, or serious sexual violence. And then they get put into this in this ring, in this rat race. Um, and, and fear uh, and, and terror, I can only imagine, but in speaking with those uh, victims and survivors, when we spoke with them multiple times over this revision, I mean, you're heartbroken listening in today's world that we have this and we have people living through this. And again, um, predominantly women and children uh, through this. Um, and and it, it just needs, it needs to end. It needs to end. It should have ended uh, generations ago. Um, but we have these laws in place and, and we hope that every part, every actor and stakeholder within this from judicial system, front lines, media, ourselves as policymakers uh, uh, and, and community members who are seeing someone in their community who they've never seen before or um, they, they get a they get a suspicion that something might be going on, um, that they alert the members of Angara, the Shikhana, that we can act in support and protect these victims yeah. uh, 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 of, of, of those that are being trafficked. I suppose the public in Ireland can be the eyes and ears without being the nosy, nosy busy bodies. But, I mean, if you're aware of something, don't forget to, to uh, contact the Gardaí. But, I mean, it's just yeah. unfortunate that it's going on. But hopefully, hopefully the, the new measures that you're talking about, and that's Zara that will be here, uh, for people that have been trafficked. And again, the likes of Ruhama, if they can get further powers indeed to work with people. It's it's to make that, I mean, it's somebody listening to us today, it's to make that first move to engage your con or somebody that you can trust to get you out of what you're stuck in. It's just... Absolutely. Cool. And and just to uh, just to end that fear, because, we, you know, again, as I mentioned, speaking with um, victims and survivors, you know, the, the terror that was shared of, but who do we go to? We perhaps are participating in uh, prostitution to survive because we've been trafficked, um, but which is a crime in many countries. So if we go to the law enforcement, are we then uh, caught in the legal system and are we criminals and then serving time where we've tried to put in within this revision um, that we are understanding that you were empathetic led uh, and that we're working off um, keeping that victim and survivor at the centre of this versus putting them in the same bracket as the traffickers, which okay. they certainly don't exist in. All right, MEP Maria Walsh, thank you for joining us today on the programme. Now, happy 80th birthday to Margaret Joyce in Cora Park. Hope you have a fabulous day and lots of love from Peter Antoinette and Alison. Margaret, I hope that they absolutely spoil your rotten, that they fill you with coffee cake and they fill you with whatever else you want to do. And I hope that you have a wonderful day uh, celebrating your 80th birthday. You're still very young, very young like. Uh, but happy birthday to Margaret Joyce, Cora Park. And just hope you have a fabulous day. Lots of love from Peter Antoinette and Alison. Very good morning to you. Welcome in to today's programme. We're with you right through until 12 midday. I'm joined by two ladies indeed in studio, Suzanne Graney and Sarah Jane Duffy. And the two Galway women who have set up a weight management and nutritional advice business called Healthy Behaviour and they're based in uh, Lockray County, Galway. Suzanne, you're, you're actually studying um, currently, so you're, you're, you're currently doing a Master's in Obesity? Yes, yeah. So does that give you an idea then of what's needed then in the, in the market? I hope so, yeah. Um, so I suppose my background is in nursing. So I qualified as a nurse 10 years ago. And um, about five years ago, I did a postgrad in health promotion. 
with NUIG and then in 2020 um, a master's in obesity uh, came to the university so I decided to do further my knowledge again in the area of health promotion with um, the master's in obesity. So I'm in, I'm doing it part-time so I still work as a nurse and um, I'm studying part-time so the master's in obesity um, was something that I was interested in from my personal background so as an adolescent and then young adult I was obese myself so um oh, are you? yeah yeah oh. yeah so you know firsthand then exactly so I do have um my own personal experience with living in a bigger body and all that comes with it and the stigma that can be attached to it and you know it's it's not as simple as eat less move more to lose weight it's, mm. it's a little bit more complex and mentally then that can be quite challenging as well absolutely so there is psychological impact of living in a bigger body and oftentimes you'd see even people once they lose the weight physically if they haven't dealt with the psychological impact mm. of it that can can stay with you throughout your life and can i ask you then from a master's point of view then um and you're working through it then what do you intend doing after that then so that's where healthy behavior came about mm. and the weight management service so um Obviously, I'd be quite active on social media and um, we'll keep up to date with the newspapers and magazines and that type of thing. And I do feel that there is a change in the outlook on diet culture. So I feel um, I was born in the 90s and growing up, there was a lot of talk about dieting, different types of dieting, restricting mm. calories. The less calories you eat, the better um, mindset. So it's great now that we're at a stage where the science is there to tell us that that doesn't work. It's not as simple as eat less and move more. And if it was that simple, we it wouldn't have a problem. It doesn't work, no? No. Long term, it doesn't work. Wow. So for a short term fix, you know, um, the 12 week weight loss plans and that type of thing, they will work. It's, you know, if you're physically um, moving and you're decreasing your calorie consumption, you will lose weight. Yeah. But where people struggle is the maintenance. So the initial uh, weight loss. After that period, yeah. 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 So for myself, um, when I started to lose weight, I didn't really know what to do. Um, so it was a lot of trial and error. So when I started university back in 2009, I was obese. And then obviously everything that comes with starting college, a whole change in your lifestyle, I put on more weight. And <clears throat> I kind of just started making small changes. And over time, I noticed it was making a difference. But at that stage, I didn't realize that this was an area called lifestyle medicine. I just was trialing in an area with different things for me. Um, I never went on a diet that was, you know, a short-term mm. fix. I kind of just slowly started finding exercises that I enjoyed, finding foods that I enjoyed that, you know, were nutritious and fueled my body the right way. Mm. Um, a lot of reading in the background myself, like different uh, articles and, and books and that kind of thing. So you really self-educated yourself before you did the Masters then? Yeah, so I'm going back now. That was 2010, I started my weight loss journey. So we're 2024 now, so it was a while ago. Mm. So I was about 19 at the time. And um, yeah, I, I found the thing about it was, is I was losing weight, but I was also enjoying my life. I wasn't restricting, you know, I was going out with my friends. I was going out for dinner. I wasn't restricting my lifestyle to be regimental and, you know, obsessive with food mm. now I did go through periods where I was more obsessed with like improving my diet all of the time um I went down a, a road of strict veganism and, and exercising a lot but I've pulled back from that now and I kind of see through the masters as I said 
the psychological impact of living in a bigger body. I had never really dealt with that until mm. I started my master's and I realised that there's a lot. I thought I thought myself going into the master's from my personal experience that I knew a lot more than I did. But once I started the master's, I realised this was a lot more complex than yeah. than yeah. I originally thought. Yeah. Sarah Jane, you, you've worked in, in this field uh, weight loss before. That's correct, yes. So I used to work in a weight loss service um, where I was a nutritional advisor. Um, so that finished up just there in December. Um, I met Suzanne last year and we came together with this idea because we shared the same values um, and we decided then we would open Healthy Behaviour in Lockray. And you're, ba- you're based in Lockray, but it's, it's listening to Suzanne and listening to you as well. You know, it's to try and educate people, I suppose, on what makes a difference. What makes a difference for you, for Suzanne, for me, they could all be different, but it's about focused on on making a difference. Absolutely, yeah. So my main thing is about educating people. I think from working in the weight loss service that I was in, I realised that there was a lack of knowledge with people and... They just really had no idea on how to fuel their body correctly mm-hmm. and the foods that they were make the food choices that they were making, um, they were impacting their health overall. So I suppose I seen a gap there that there is a gap for I suppose education educating people. Um so that's what I'm really passionate about and just creating the awareness and the importance of food. Mm. And what's your first step then in um, healthy behaviour? What's what's the first thing you do? If, like you were saying, you've gone away from the traditional side of things, Suzanne, and, and you're doing it differently. So so if somebody presents themselves to you in Lockray, what's the first thing that you do with them? So um, if somebody was to inquire um, into joining with us, they'd come in for an initial assessment. So that's where they'd meet uh, Suzanne and they'd meet with myself. They'd meet Suzanne first and she would do the full medical assessment where she would get uh, their body composition, their um, blood pressure check and their blood sugar level check. Um, then with myself, um, they would meet with me after and I would just literally go through their diet. I'd meet them where they're at. I'd consider their own lifestyle because everybody's lifestyle is just so different. Yeah. Um, so I just meet the person where they're at and I take into consideration like if they're a busy mum of three kids or if they're on the road full time that they just are always grabbing and going mm. and I just try to help um, just basically make better choices for them for their future. Mm. Suzanne, coming back to you there, I mean Operation um, Transformation is on, it's all about losing weight and the pounds down this week and all of that. Is that the wrong way to do it? Um. For me personally and from the studies that I've done in the science behind weight, I would think it's probably not the most effective approach for long-term weight mm-hmm. loss. I mean, you see it as you watch the weeks go by, they do lose weight. But um, we don't ever see a follow-up in a few months' time to see who's actually maintained that weight loss mm-hmm. or you yeah. know, how it's impacted their life when the experts leave. Yeah, and, and Sarah Jane, your mic is open as well. But I think when it's done collectively like that, the pressure is on. Absolutely. Everybody. And then, well, you only lost a half a pound, I lost three pounds. And, and there seems to be, I wouldn't say tension is the wrong word, but it's very competitive. Mm, well, yeah. them people are very vulnerable and they're standing on, I know they're aware that they're going on national TV, but they are in a vulnerable place. And then you take away the experts when they leave after the show is finished. And they, they are they educated on how to actually fuel their body right? Or was it a case of how many pounds did you lose this week? 
Yeah. And you. And it shouldn't be about the pounds, you know. It shouldn't be about the pounds. No. From both of the experiences that you've had, um, Suzanne, you know, you speaking openly about your own situation, I mean, nobody can judge another person as to why they're Absolutely. carrying weight or why they're losing weight. Absolutely. And I think that is the thing. It's a very individualized thing and yeah. it is very complex. There's several reasons why somebody might gain weight. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not all food related. Obviously, what you fuel yourself with is very important. But again, I think educating people around the importance of a balanced diet and, you know, making sure you're having carbs, proteins mm-hmm. and fats and you're you're not kind of eliminating one group altogether. Yeah. yeah. And then I think as well, you know, again, the short term goals of weight loss, really, there's no evidence to say that that's going to positively impact your health. And often what you find with that dramatic weight loss in a short period of time is that you'll end up in a weight cycling scenario where the person drastically loses weight puts it on, maybe a little bit extra, goes back on a diet again, loses the weight, puts it back on, maybe a little bit more again, and you end up after a few years of going in this cycle of losing weight and gaining weight and additional weight. And then that, again, the psychological impact then that you feel like you've failed. But diets are designed to not work so that you have to keep going back to them. Mm. Really? Yes. That's what the diet industry does. It's very enlightening talking to the two of you today because I would never... I never think like that. I always mm. think that they were doing it from a genuine, you know, get start. But no, if it's if it's cyclical like that, I lose weight like that up and down and I'll go mad for a month or two months mm, or three yeah. months. And then it's not that I have bad habits, but I mightn't walk when I should walk or yeah. I might have a bag of potatoes when I shouldn't have a bag of potatoes or, you know. Yeah, and, and we all do that. We all, everyone does that. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's the difference as well in the approach that we're taking. So it is a nurse-led service at the moment and one thing from being a nurse, I would never judge anybody mm. in the hospital, mm. regardless of what illness they have. But you wouldn't either because you've been through this. I mm. have been through it, but even in terms of, for example, I've never smoked, but I would never judge somebody that smokes because that's that's their own behaviour and that's no, their own thing to deal with. None of us can judge anybody else for what they do, be they smoke, be they drink, be they take drugs yeah. or otherwise. That's their life. Exactly. And I think that's the approach that myself and Sarah Jane are trying to take with people is to create an environment that they feel... They can come in, it's safe, you can be vulnerable, we're not there to judge you, we're going to meet you where you're at, be compassionate, that's again, nursing care should always be compassionate-led. Sarah Jane, can I just ask you, and maybe it's it's inappropriate, but um, healthy behaviour, and you're near the mart, is it in Lockray there? That's correct, yeah. Okay, what about parents listening to us today that are worried about a young person that they feel has put on a little bit of weight, and good Lord, lads, we've all been there with children, but what can they do, or what can you do for them rather than spoken the young person in question? Um, I suppose like it's just looking at the child's overall well-being, like taking into consideration how much they move, taking into consideration their sleep, are they under stress in school, that they're just not letting on. It's a, it's not just food. You mean go under the bonnet? Yeah. yeah. Keep digging. Go under the bonnet. Exactly. And will you go under the bonnet with them, the two of you? Yeah. yeah. So um, the service that we have in Loch Ray, it's for adults. Um so anyone over the age of 16 who can consent for themselves mm. to come into us is more than welcome, male and female. And then we're hoping to, um, we actually do have a school workshop coming up outside Lockray um, in February. So we are hoping to get into the schools and support the teachers um, around Galway with educating children from an early age about how to fuel themselves. Because I know for sure I didn't know when I, I left school. I didn't know either. Um, Nobody did. No, it wasn't really talked about. And I, I do know 
even it was funny I was talking to my sister the other day about uh, my lunches and because I was always conscious as a child that I was overweight I used to skip lunch thinking that that was a good thing to do at the age of mm. seven, eight, nine, like this was young and so I do understand that we might think oh kids are too young they're not picking up yet mm, on things no. but they are aware of that you know maybe they might see mommy or daddy are constantly trying to lose weight and trying to cut calories and you know putting pressure on themselves to be mm. smaller all the time and they might think well maybe I should do the same and that's nobody's fault. Again, as I said, it's about educating people as to the best way to manage your weight, which is what we are. We're a weight management service. Mm-hmm. So, you know, the best weight for you isn't the best weight for me and it's not the best weight for no. Sarah Jane. No. We all and have, just because somebody is yeah. thin doesn't mean that they're healthy. And no, it's, it doesn't. It's yeah. important for schools, I think, as well. Like, I wasn't ever picked on about my weight as a child, thankfully. Um, with the schools that I went to, I was quite lucky that there were nice people around me mm. and, you know, that type of thing. But I know nowadays with social media and that kind of pressure to look perfect all the time a child might see themselves differently to what's the mm. norm on social media and feel well there's something wrong with me yeah, yeah. so we'd, we'd love to really educate the younger population about how to fuel themselves for their health not just to look a certain way because you oh. know your weight doesn't equal your health or your mental health yes mm. exactly okay. so how can they get further details on healthy behaviour yeah so we're on Instagram so healthy behaviour is the um, username there and then we also have our website, um, healthybehaviour.com. And um, if anybody wants to reach out to us to learn more, we can be emailed on info at healthybehaviour.com. Thank you both for joining us. Um, Sarah Jane Duffy, thank you for joining us. Suzanne Graney, thank you for joining us. And further details can be had from any of those um, areas. And if you need to get further details, you can call us as well here on 091 and we can give you those links as well. Uh, quick commercial break, back after these. Now, before I go to the commercial break, I want to go to Gareth Marcus Flynn, who joins me on today's uh, programme. Uh, Gareth Marcus Flynn, good morning to you. Good morning, Keith. Thanks for joining us uh, today. Now, we have a number of burglaries. We're going to the Dangan Chum area for the first one there today. Keith Gardy and Barney Jarrig are investigating a burglary that occurred at a house in Dangan area of Chum uh, on Saturday the 27th between 10am and 8.55pm. When the owner of the property returned home, they discovered a sizable amount of jewellery had been taken from the premises. Among these items taken were gold necklaces, gold chains, gold bracelets and gold rings. Gardaí and Barnajar Guard Station are anxious to speak to anyone who may have been in the area around these times and observed any persons or vehicles acting suspicious. To contact Gardaí and Barnajar Guard Station or Tune Guard Station on 093 70840 or the Garda Confidential Line on 1800 666 111. Now, Gardaí Flynn, we're looking at an aggravated burglary in the Newtown Calthra Banlaslow area. That's correct, Keith. Gardaí and Banlaslow are investigating the aggravated burglary that occurred at a house in the Newtown area of Caltra in Banlaslow, County Galway, on the 27th of January between 8 pm and 8 15 pm. The occupant uh, residing at the address disturbed two males who had broken into the property. Both males were described as being very tall and wearing North Face jackets and North Face gloves. Anyone who has any information is asked to contact Banlaslow Garden Station on 090-963-1890. Sorry, I'll get that again. 090-963-1890 or again the confidential line on 1-800-666-111 The homeowner must have got an awful fright in that please if you can help at all do so now we're going to Dunmore there's two burglaries very close close by so there is and uh, the Guardian Glenamady are looking at the first one 
Gardaí and Glenmaddy are investigating a burglary that occurred at a house in Meanlina area of Dunmore between 6pm on Wednesday the 24th and 11.30am on Saturday the 27th of January. The owner of the property returned home to discover a number of items of jewellery were taken from the premises. Among the items were a gold watch, a silver watch and rings. Gardaí are appealing to anyone who may have been in the area at the time and observed any persons or vehicles acting suspicious to contact Glen Amadi Garda Station on 094-965-9002 or again the confidential line 1-800-666-111. Now you're staying um, in the same area but a different date. That's correct, Keith. Gardy again in Glenamadi are investigating another burglary that occurred at a house in Minlina in Dunmore, this time between 10 a. 10 p.m. on Friday the 26th and 9.45 a.m. on Saturday the 27th. The owner of the property returned home to discover a number of items of jewellery and a checkbook had been taken from the premises. Again, the Guardian Glenamadi are appealing for anyone who may have seen any persons or vehicles acting suspicious to contact uh, the Glenamadi Garda Station on 094 965-9002 or the confidential line 1-800-666-111 Now we're going to Banlaslow for some criminal damage that Gol- Gardi and Banlaslow Gardi are looking for help with Gardi and Banlaslow are investigating a criminal damage that occurred in the Canal Drive area on the morning of the 29th of January at 2.45am the front window and the rear driver's side window of a 131 silver opal were smashed. Guardian Banasaur looking to speak to anyone who may have been in the area around this time or indeed anyone who may have any information in relation to this incident to contact Banasaur Guard Station on 090-963-1890. And again, the confidential number there is 1800-666-111. Garda Marcus, friend, thank you for joining us today. And again, the key message coming out of the Garda is if you've been offered any of those necklaces or watches or otherwise for sale in suspicious circumstances would you be good enough confide everybody knows a member of Ungadda confide with him or her and uh, get uh, further details from there and just let them know please please don't buy stolen goods if you don't mind uh, good few calls coming in today by the way as well we'll give you some of them uh, a lot coming in in relation to bus drivers uh, today and uh, having to retire at 70 um, and other calls coming in there and uh, Keith uh, this caller said um, an excellent speaker, finally someone who knows uh, what they're talking about and that would be with uh, William Shabus. and uh, Keith, uh, what makes uh, World War Three more complicated is that a lot of countries uh, which were colonies in 1939 can now make their own mind up if they want to be involved like many African countries uh, why is it so dangerous now is that it is so many belligerent uh, people have nuclear power humanity is close to inhalation through a nuclear war than climate change, this caller said. By the way, we got a massive response to um, Pat uh, Cantwell's piece yesterday. Absolutely massive and it's been downloaded loads and loads of time. And uh, so many people just sent in lovely messages and uh, I'll, I'll find them during the 11 o'clock news, I promise you. Quick commercial break and we're looking at style next. <laughs> Now, a very good morning to you. Welcome into today's programme. The comment lines are open if you want to get through to us uh, today. We have a lovely story, and when we were in Anthony Rye, we spoke about uh, Junk Couture. But anyway, wait for this one. The uh, Junk Couture World Final in Monaco uh, sees two Claren Colleges uh, students from Anthony Rye indeed representing in the Grimaldi Forum on the 22nd of February. Uh, Leah Higgins and Joshua Whelan join me. Uh, in studio, but I want to go first off and teach their art teacher, uh, Miss Joyce, Serena Slevin Joyce. Good morning to you. How are you today? 
I keep those things. Big, big. You're all heading. How many of you are going to Monaco? Uh, well, we have the the team itself, which is Martin O'Connell and Joshua and Leah, um, and then myself and Joshua's mom, um, Ingrid Corr, and Marie Higgins, Leah's mother, is also going. And he's flying, it's a private jet, is it, out of uh, Knock Airport? Is <laughs> that what Clarence College is paying for now? Un- unfortunately, Ryanair are flying us out at six o'clock in the morning. Uh, you can't be getting <laughs> Josh up at six o'clock in the morning. <laughs> on a Monday morning, is On that? a Monday morning. But this is massive, isn't it? This is just massive to, to be heading to Monaco on this one. Yeah, um, I mean, we were we were very excited just to get to Dublin to the, the um, regional, regional finals, but uh, yeah, to be in the top 10 and and be heading to the world stage. Now you you're involved in the art education side of things in Clarence College. How would you how would you um describe the what you're bringing with you to Monaco? Um, a lot of equipment. I think is the first oh, really? thing that that uh, springs to mind. Um we are bringing the, I suppose the Irish culture side of it um is, is something where where we think we have that stands out from some of the other contestants in that um, Joshua's, the design that Leah has come up with incorporates Joshua's heritage. So his Washford roots from mum and dad is combined with um, his, you know, his West of Ireland roots. So the whole design really was was based on that. And I think mm. that's something that we um, are looking forward to sharing so with. You're going to celebrate. There. Leah, how are you today? Thank you, Andy, for joining us uh, today on the programme. This is a, this is big, so it is. Yeah, it's absolutely huge. Yeah. And are you, are you enjoying the journey that you're on now? Yeah, I think it's really quite an experience. Like, I was not expecting it to go definitely this far, but it was absolutely amazing to work. And Joshua, he's great to work with, like. Yeah, good fun, like. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and does he keep you on your toes now? Oh, definitely. Yeah. There's so how do you marry Waterford? Parents from Waterford. God, love yeah. them. I'm joking. And and his West of Ireland roots then. How do you marry yourself and Joshua, marry that together? Um, it's kind of a combination between the main theme is like Vikings because like it's from Waterford so we wanted to bring that we also wanted to bring in some Celtic culture into it yeah so the design itself is mainly just kind of like Viking themed with little Celtic aspects so I think it's a nice touch and do you think will it blow the uh, judges away in Monaco? oh definitely it'll be definitely something they haven't seen before like and Martin, and um, you're going with Joshua too? Yeah, if we go with Joshua, pulls, I go. That, that's what he's worried about. <laughs> <laughs> you pull into that over there, sorry, if you don't mind. Sorry, just sorry, sorry. sorry Joshua. Um, again, you're, you're an SNA, you're working with him, and uh, you can see the relationship is great between the two of you. It, is, has this been a learning curve for you? Yeah, uh, definitely, uh, Keith. Because um, uh, you're an icon when it comes to fashion, by the look yeah. of you. <laughs> I have a history in, in construction and uh, <laughs> I worked a while in Burton's Mins where in the shopping centre, so... Oh, you're going back a long way now. Yeah, SNA was... was I, I went to, uh, very quickly, I went to a sports day in my own kids' school in Ochnacarra and uh, the teacher there, We were just. I was just volunteering for the day and the teacher there said, would you ever consider becoming an SNA? And I actually didn't know what an SNA was at the time, but... Yeah, uh, yeah I did the course and I, I got I got my... I passed or whatever and... Uh, I went for an interview with the GDRETB in in Athenry, and uh, I was gratefully, yeah, I was grateful I got a job up there in Clarence yeah. College. So Good. it's been wonderful, yeah. Um, and it's, I suppose, I've been with Joshua for the last three years. So we've we've, we've a gr- I suppose working with Joshua really is it's about 
we have a great relationship because we have a lot in common. Uh, we're both sports fanatics. He loves everything to do with sport. So we spend a lot of the day, you know, revising or, or you know, reviewing the sports weekend, you know, and uh, rugby, soccer, Galway GA, whatever. <laughs> If you don't mind today, we won't mention the game in Pear Stadium on Sunday. Just no, so we won't lower the tone. We won't lower the tone offended. of our conversation now altogether. <laughs> you being a Mayo fan as well, yeah. But coming back to you, Serene, on this one, I mean, you know, to have Leah and Joshua there, it's going to be very. It's very special for Ireland, but very special for Clarence College. Yeah, I like Martin. I'm not. Um, I'm. I'm new enough to Clarence College. This is my my third year there, so it would have been a job that I wanted. From about the age of fifteen, and uh, so I had a lot of pent up ideas, and this was always something that I would I entered this competition myself as a teenager, and it's like the the holy grail for um, for an art teacher, and um, um, yeah, I'm t- so absolutely you're really delighted. proud of the two of them, sir. Couldn't be prouder. And Martin maybe as well, yeah. <laughs> well, the fact that after Martin got over the temp- temper tantrum of being told he was going to have to wear a dress on live television. Uh, <laughs> he, uh, he was happy to embrace it. We didn't make him wax or anything. <laughs> he took it well. Did you wear it? It's you? part of the costume, Keith, yeah. It's part of the I'm dressed as a slave, so I'm Joshua's slave, and he's sitting on his throne. And, uh, yeah, it's, I'm, I'm actually... I, I would call it a dress, yeah. It's actually and, an old curtain, I think, but it's... It is a Would you enjoy the experience? I wouldn't go that far, no. <laughs> <laughs> he did. You should see his face. Lee, I'm trying to get him into trouble. I'm trying to get him into trouble, so I am altogether. Um, so, how long, were you go- how long are you going to be in Monaco for, do you reckon? Uh, I'd say it would be around a week for the competition. For the competition? Yeah. Wow. And then you're, you're, you have a little stop-off on the way home then? Yeah, I do. I thought I'd make a little vacation out of it. So you're sightseeing. Sightseeing? Yeah. But you've picked a, 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 an iconic place when it comes to work couture. Um, you're going to Milan, is it? Mm-hmm. It's full of fashion, so it is. Are you gonna yeah. Be, are you going to be the be- next big name yourself in Joshua now when it comes to... Uh, we'll see how it goes, like. <laughs> if we win the competition, we just might be. Yeah. See, Don Storis, you could be in the Simply Better range. You could be anywhere <laughs> there with Paul Costello. I mean, the world is your oyster, you know that at this stage. Oh, Yeah. Yeah, don't forget old fellas like me, we like a bit of style as well, so you'll have to create something for us. Now, maybe not the dress that Martin's wearing, but <laughs> don't mind, just for today. Uh, but you're looking forward to it, on the Yeah, I am. Yeah, and Milan, then it'll be a little icy on the cake from there. Um, just coming back to you, um, Serena, will, it be, will you be nearly four or five days there? Yeah? We will. We fly out on the Monday morning, and then we the competition isn't until Thursday the 22nd, but Junkature have planned some um, community events for the designers and, and the models um, before that and then we fly back on the Friday morning so we're, we're just hoping we might be back on the Late Late Show again on Friday night wouldn't it be lovely <laughs> Martin I, would love no, to wear his dress no. again <laughs> <laughs> so would the family love to see him just one more time um, for, for, for good old times Leah um, you were on with Ryan Tupperley yeah it was how would you find that experience? Which is more frightening, coming in to see me? Well, I'm older than him anyway. <laughs> Which is more frightening, coming in to see me or going into the live TV show? Oh, definitely going to live TV. Yeah. I was not prepared for that in the slightest. But it's a lovely experience. Once you do it, it's a lovely experience. Oh, yeah, it was great. Like, we got yeah. to meet him and everything. He's just great. Yeah. So you'll have to go to Virgin Radio in London and I'll meet him again. When you win. <laughs> when you win, you'll have to yeah, go and bring for that. And are you, are you set to go to the Late Late Show if you do win on that Friday night? <laughs> I'm only joking, I don't think I could go. Um, <laughs> John, can we get Paddy Keelty on the line there straight away if you don't mind, please? Just 
His number's in my mobile number. <laughs> just give him a quick ring, will you? Yeah. Just see. Yeah. Be okay Joshua, I'll get you on the late, late show that <laughs> night. I'll ring Patrick's eye. Well, say, Patrick, you have to take him in uh, from there. Uh, good luck with it. And again, well done. Um, so, so far, three arena in May. And to make, to, to get really and truly, it's some achievement. Yeah, we're delighted. And we couldn't have done it without, I mean, there's, there was some absolutely key figures in, in getting us there. And Caroline in the NCBI and Athen Rye, I mean, she was so helpful, in, especially with Martin's curtain and um, and all the faux fur and um, a lot of the parts of the costume came from, came from that NCBI in Athen Rye. She was brilliant. Um, also, the lads in Ryan's shoe repair in Athen Rye were fantastic. They gave Leah loads of buckles and little um, studs that really make the costume stand out. Um, and also Mishnook, the leather um, shop there in, in Galway, their factories in Athenry, and they donated all their all their leather offcuts, which Leah painstakingly poked needles through and sewed through. I don't know how she did it, but it was very, very difficult. De- dedication. And, and came out really well, and her etching into it actually was stunning too. Yeah. There's somewhere you could get a job, Leah, as well, if you ever needed it. And also Scott in the old barracks as well, and, um, you know... So and our caretaker, Owen Hessian, I have to mention him, he's currently in the middle of trying to make some kind of coffin to bring the the Viking ship on the Ryanair under, or the just to fly it over basically in one piece. And I don't know how he's going to do it, but, you know, he's he's an absolute genius. And without him, I don't know. What, what do you, I mean, I can just imagine, Monica, the weather will be nice now when you get there, when you land. Uh, so bring some factor 10 with you. But what happens when you get to Monaco and you start unloading these coffins and costumes and all that? I mean, you could be arrested, like. Oh, well, as, as long as Mr. Highland gives us the school credit card going, we'll, we'll be okay. <laughs> well, you have to be named on the credit card, you know that, don't you? Well, oh, I haven't thought about that bit. Sure, we think of something. Yeah, but you just bring Joshua's card and Leah's card. I mean, I'd say now there as well, these, a whole lot of us, so there will be. Isn't it great, though, to see them so young and to be so engaged with it and to, to get so far with it? Isn't it just so wonderful? We're very lucky, Martin. How do you feel? Um, how do you feel now heading off over to Monaco and wearing a wearing a dress in, in a country like Monaco? Yeah. Um, <laughs> Are you bringing anybody with you? I plan to hire a bike for a day or two and do a bit of cycling over there. A <laughs> uh, bit of distraction. No, I'm not bringing anyone with me. Unfortunately, no. Uh, my wife and two kids would be here at home. Um, You're not bringing her with you. No. <laughs> Maybe the next time. <laughs> Joshua. Bring his wife with him, for God's sake. We find someone to mind the kids. What are yeah. your children? Uh, I have a son in second year, Arthur. He's in St. Indus. And my daughter is in sixth class in Educate Together in uh, Knocknacarra. She's too young to be left in Rome. You can leave your son to me. My wife, it. Elizabeth, is she'll, home she'll, she'll, You have to bring her with you. Maybe. You have to start are you bringing anybody with you? I am. I'm bringing my daughter, Georgia. Um, she's uh, nine next week, actually. Yeah, so, so you're bringing your daughter? And, and my mom as well is coming with me. So. You're bringing your mother as well? Yep. Who are you leaving at home? (laughs) Dad and my son, Eric. Or or Eamon, my husband. And and so I said, I'll bring half the kids. You're leaving (laughs) the husband at home and the son at home? Yeah. I've never been to Monaco, so I'm looking for the first... And we need to get the reservation for there. (laughs) Joshua, who who would you like to meet over there? Is there anybody you'd like to meet over there? Um, He doesn't know. He doesn't, he doesn't know. know. He has a that's a good way to go into it now, Joshua. Not know what you want now. That's, that's <laughs> yeah. That's the best way of going into it. And is he good? Is is he good on 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 um, foreign food? Is he? Well, I don't know, he Mum. Is, yeah. <laughs> yeah. The Watford mom has said yes. <laughs> He's been getting the Watford blah for years, yeah. which is foreign food to him as well. Coming from the west of Ireland, okay. guys. Thanks indeed for joining us. Uh, will you come back in and let us know how you got on, Leah? Will you? 
yeah. Enjoy Milan. Oh, it's a it's a lovely city. It's a it's a dirty city, I'll tell you. <laughs> it's a dirty old city. So they need to. I think we need to get the city council that's over to show them how to clean it. We should have a ball out there. So you will. Should I, was it okay to say that? No, you you're not offended that it's a dirty city. <laughs> not a bit like at the Royal Tower from that one. Anyway, Joshua Whelan, thank you for joining us. Leah Higgins, we're looking forward to it. Is it going to be televised? Why are you asking me? Is it going to be televised? Uh, I think this one's going to be available on YouTube. I don't think uh, RT or. On YouTube this year, but who knows? Yeah. Might you have the funds. <laughs> Don't pull the pin <laughs> out of a grenade in this studio, Martin, and think that you can get back out to Clarence College at home to the night. I'll find you if you cause trouble like that, so you will. And Leah, thank you for joining us today. Joshua, thank you for joining us. And Miss Joyce, thank you for uh, joining us as well today. And uh, I hope your mother enjoy. Has she ever been to Monaco? Uh, no, I think it is on the, the bucket list. She's is in it? Canada at the moment, so... <laughs> so she's a well-travelled lady. Around. A well-travelled lady, yeah. Let's hope she gets home from Canada in time. She might just want to stay there altogether. You never know. You could be going your home with your daughter. Guys, thanks for joining us. Uh, well done to all in Clarence College, though. And uh, thank you to Serena Slevin-Joyce and to Martin O'Connell and to uh, Joshua's mom for joining us as well and staying so quiet. And uh, Leah Higgins, thank you. And good luck and enjoy your time with your mom there and then Milan as well. Now, then, let's head towards the 11 o'clock news and death notice yet to come in the programme. We have trending topics. And we'll be looking at that on today's programme. And we have much more between now and 12 midday. Don't forget, though, if you want to get in contact with us, 086 That's the most magic number today. 086 if you want to get in contact with us. And 091 It's a Tuesday morning. We're with you until midday.